Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to What a Movie, a nostalgia-infused podcast. We are your hosts. I'm James Ferrero. And I'm Nicole Knutson. And thanks for tuning in to the fourth episode. I can't believe we've already done four. I know. Um, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a little tired. I, uh... I don't, I, I don't tie one on as much as I used to when I was a little bit younger, but um, last night wasn't really a crazy night, but I indulged in my uh, alcoholic beverages, maybe one too many, not really a, not really much of a hangover, just kind of like a, a grogginess, but it was a day off, so um, that was very nice. I was able to just kick it all day. What about you? Uh, yeah, sort of, sort of in the same boat. It, neither of us were even really that drunk last night, it just kind of... I guess this is what happens when you enter your late 20s slash early 30s. You have three beers and then suddenly you're hungover the next day. The present um, is here and it is not kind to us. But uh, yeah, no, we, we both had the day off today. So we just took it easy. You made me a very tasty hangover breakfast. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I mean, I got to eat some too. So I, mean, I, yes. was, I was very happy. <laughs> I mean, was you, a, uh... you did make it for the both of us, but I also got, I got to lay in bed while <laughs> you made the hangover cure food. Well, I'm just shocked that I'm only now discovering how to make a really nice hash. And I have to say it's one of my new favorite things to do. The secret, or our secret, is you just get hash browns and then mash them up. <laughs> and the cheese. Don't forget the cheese. Mm-hmm. You don't forget the cheese and don't forget the egg because you want to get it nice and yep. nice and moist in there. It's delicious. Exactly. But yeah, a- apart from just, you know, taking it uh, taking it easy today, it's been good. I needed, I needed a rest day and apparently uh, it was forced on me by my... <laughs> I guess overindulging of three beers last night. You gotta slow down. Three beers. Three whole beers That's... on a weekend. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Um, but doing good, feeling better. I'm not sure if the listeners out there can tell, but our recording setup is slightly different now. Um Nicole, do you wanna tell them a little bit about our new um our new setup here? My new command center. Yes. Uh, so dear listener. We uh we record this at my desk, and I just got a new desk, and it's very exciting because my old desk I had had since college, and it was basically a table made of plywood, and now I have a real desk with actual storage and isn't going to fall apart uh, when introduced to a strong wind. Or a sneeze. Yeah, or a sneeze, and I'm very, very happy with it. So that's the new and exciting thing in my life is I have a new desk. (laughs) And I'm enjoying that new desk as well from afar. That's about the newest, most exciting thing in in my life. Um, Just uh, got a pretty regular week coming up. I do have a meeting with someone later this week, which I'm very excited about, which uh, I'll see what happens with that, if anything. So just keep my fingers crossed. Excellent. So, what movie are we watching tonight? Oh my. Well, if our last movie was one that we did not know that well, this is one that we know much better. And, uh, at least for me, is a definitely an old nostalgic favorite. From 1993, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Exactly. So, would you like to go first with your nostalgic connection? Shall sure. I go first? Um, I'll go first, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was just a movie that obviously came out when I was growing up and, you know, featured animals on a on a cross, cross-country adventure. So, it was definitely a staple in the house of our 
our animal loving family. And uh, yeah, this one was always on. We we had the we had the VHS not in the clamshell case, but it was in like the old like little like paper. Yeah, like the the kind of cardstock. Yeah, case. yeah. Which like I'm I'm pretty sure we still have, and that thing is like worn all the way down to its nub. And I think it's just a sign of like how much we watched that. I mean, everyone loved it. We would quote it all the time. My dad and I still jokingly quoted from time to time. There are just some lines that we just got a kick out of then, and they're even funnier now. So, uh, so yeah, I have a very close nostalgic connection. I remember this movie very well. Um, and yeah, I was really enjoyed it. What about you? Yes, uh, same as well. This was definitely on a lot as a kid. Uh, I think I mentioned at some point in the Balto episode of particularly when I was, uh, when I was a kid, I really gravitated towards, um, animal films, like be they animated or in this case, actual, you know, live animals as the primary actors. Um, so Homeward Bound was definitely a favorite. I know that we owned it. I don't remember the, the, the type of case that it was in, but yeah, it was, I've, as a child, was obsessed with cats. I'm still obsessed with cats. So, you know, Sassy was also my favorite. Or Sassy was always my favorite. Um, I see where you took after her, for sure. <laughs> Are you saying that I am Sassy? I mean, I listeners, <laughs> am I wrong? If you think I'm wrong, please, please call in or write in and tell me so. But um, I don't think I am in this case. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I do remember there was one time, this must have been like, Pretty soon after our family, like, actually got a cat. Like, I wanted a pet cat for a long, long time. And then when I was nine, finally got one. And we had, Star was her name. And we, I think it, she had, like, just started going outside because she was an indoor-outdoor cat. And we think everything turns out fine. Like she came back, but like we couldn't find her one night. And I was just so worried and so scared. And I think my dad was the one who like put on Homeward Bound to be like, hey, they make their way home. It's fine. So like, that's my... <laughs> that is adorable. And and it was. And she came home and everything was great. Uh, so that is like my strongest connection to this film of like watching it when little nine-year-old me was terrified for my new cat who wandered off i will say um as and as cute as that story is and the fact that your dad did that is so cool um it is a curious movie to put on mostly because spoiler they do find their way home for anyone who wonders if they don't make it there that would be a horrible movie why would we watch that um but it's not an easy trip exactly so i could just imagine nine-year-old you worried about your cat and then like forced to watch these hard trials and tribulations of almost death that occurs to these animals just going like, ah! Yeah, I think, uh, I think that was mitigated by the fact that we lived in the burbs and there was no way that, uh, Star could have gotten into the wilderness. <laughs> for those of you, for any of you who have not seen this movie, we'll keep it short. The plot is pretty straightforward. Animals, lost, want to get home have to go through the wilderness for anyone who might be unaware yeah there's that and they they become lost we'll just go into what we remember of the movie i believe their owners that their family are going on vacation and 
for a reason that I have forgotten, um, perhaps there is no reason in the movie, they don't have someone come and stay at the house with them. They drop off the animals in an unfamiliar to them location with like a relative or a friend who lives in the middle of nowhere. And they get out and get loose and get lost in the wilderness and are trying to get home. And it's a trio of domesticated animals going up against, you know, mountain lions and porcupines and ditches. <laughs> and the most realistic morose park ranger that you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah, so that is... That's the plot. And again, spoiler alert, there will always be spoilers in this uh, in the show. They make it home! It's a movie for kids. You can't have them all not get home. That would be a horribly depressing film. Exactly. And you've got um, the... The three animals, there. there's two dogs, Shadow, who is sort of the patriarch of the group. He's this old golden retriever. Voiced by the late, great Don Amici. Uh, you've got Chance, who is, I guess, like a pit bull rescue dog, voiced by... Um, Michael J. Fox Yes, himself. Michael J. Fox. Uh, and then uh, you have Sassy the Cat. <laughs> voiced by Oscar winner Sally Field. Is she really? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh, I gotta. I, 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 that's all I'll say about the cast. There's a couple other casting things that I remember that I don't know if you do, but I don't want to say it because yeah, I don't. I, want you to be I just um, I I can't remember the actual actress's name who who plays the person who loses the pets, like who mm-hmm. they were taken to her home to stay with. When I was younger, and I think I had I. It had been a long time since I'd watched it and couldn't really remember it, but I always thought it was Kim Cattrall, and it is definitely not Kim Cattrall. <laughs> They're definitely the same type, though, when you think about it. Yeah. I believe it's um, Jean Smart, Yes, I think. I know she was in um, Watchmen yes. recently. She, yes, she played um, Lori. Mm-hmm. Excellent, uh, excellent character actor. Been around forever. Had fame on television. Just done some movies, and is now kind of finding another... Um, Sort of another resurgence in her career, which is always nice to see. Yeah, beyond that, I don't remember. She's the only human person who I distinctly remember, apart from, like... There's not a the, whole lot of humans in the movies, you can probably get. Yeah, it's really just the family and her and, like, the park ranger who's, like, trying to be helpful. <laughs> who straight up has the line, and I just remember this line so clearly of just after the animals disappear and she, like, calls the park ranger about the issue and he's just there. And they just cut straight to him going, like, well, I'm not gonna lie to you, domesticated animals don't stand a chance out here. It's like, he's he's not wrong, it's like, but also it's like, oh, wow, that's like, it's already tough that she's like having to live with the fact that these three animals that aren't even her animals, but belong to the children of the, however, I think it's her sister. Yeah, I think she's the, mom the or something. aunt of the kids. So you already have to deal with that guilt, that you are responsible for losing three of their pets. Not just one pet. All of their pets. And one fell swoop, and then having a park ranger go, yeah, they're probably dead. And, and then listing off all of the possible ways they could be dead. It's like, yeah. okay, okay, we, we understand. Um, And I I, re- I think I remember that the, the I guess, eldest child, the, the boy, his name is Peter, because he's sort of Shadow's owner. I mean, they're all Shadow's owner, but... The kids Shadow each is, take a particular interest in one. Yeah, Shadow is like particularly concerned about getting home to, I think, Peter. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's like always like, 
What about Peter? And Peter, I must find Peter. Peter, yeah. where are you? He Peter? doesn't give a shit about the rest no, of the No, he can care less about everyone else. He's just like, yeah, fuck y'all. I must see Peter. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going home, as you alluded to in yeah. last week's it's... or last episode. I don't know. At this point, we don't know how frequently we're going to be releasing these. We're going to aim for once a week, but um, you know, life will sometimes happen. But and it's just something that I still say all the time. Where, like when I'm when I'm leaving somewhere and going home, it's just like I'm going home. Like how can you not say that? And if you're trying to get through a gate, you're like, I don't care about gates. I'm going home. Like, it's like, it's hard not to quote it. The immensely quotable movie, Homeward Bound. Um, and for those of you listening, just a little fun little trivia tidbit here. This movie is actually a remake of a movie from the 60s, I think, called The Incredible Journey. Was that also by Disney? I believe it is, yes. Um, I guess that would make sense. Uh, even since the 90s, Disney has been remaking their own properties. And I will say, I and I remember like when we discovered that, like I think my family found the original and was like, oh, let's watch this. It's like it's the same plot of like animals get lost have in the wilderness, have to find their way home. And it was curious in that one... The animals are not voiced by actors in the original. It's just like a narrator who's narrating the entire thing. Some of the roles are kind of inverse, like, you know, the Golden Retriever is the young one and the Bulldog is the older one. The cat is still the same. But it definitely drags. <laughs> it definitely is uh, has not aged particularly well. Um, it's a very charming little cute little old movie, but it's like you can see how Disney probably looked at it in the 90s and said, let's let's do this again and let's just spruce this up a bit let's just kind of give this a little bit more life um and i think they succeed much better in the remake so would you say that the original one the incredible journey is disney going we want to make a nature documentary but give it a plot it definitely felt like one of those disney nature documentaries they used to do of just like the wonder of the lemmings jumping off the cliff like which is a whole other dark story I won't go into but yeah it, it definitely has that Disney nature feel to it with like with a with a very loose narrative tied in and it just kind of they introduce more humans into it who like you know try to help them and it just kind of goes off on these tangents for a while and you're like is, are we are we getting anywhere why are we sticking with this one family for this long like let's get back to the actual journey of this so it's a little it's cute. If you're looking for something to just kind of put on in the background while you're doing something um, that's nice and pleasant, you could do a lot worse. Um, but I but I would say that I would rewatch the remake way, way before I would rewatch the original. Before we do our rewatch, shall we give it our nostalgia grades before we hmm. revisit this cinematic masterpiece? Sounds good. How about you start us off? Sure. I'm probably gonna go big this time and give it an a for my nostalgic memory all right all right because it was you know again it like you have an actual cat running around and mm -hmm. little nicole was would have just been fully entertained by that alone so yeah an a <laughs> yeah i'm i'm like trying to think like i i'm sure when we watch it i'm sure there'll be things that we can nitpick and i could probably nitpick now if i really think about it but it's like I'm not going to do that. Like, from a purely nostalgic standpoint, there was nothing wrong with this movie growing up. I would give, I'll give it an A as well. So we're going to see how 
and or if that changes. You should know the drill by now. If you've been listening along, we are going to take a break. We are not going to pour ourselves an adult beverage tonight. If, if it wasn't obvious from our opening, we will be skipping and foregoing the um, the adult beverages tonight as we're all still recovering from the previous night. I'm probably going to make myself some nice peppermint tea. And I... I do not know what I will have. Maybe I'll have some tea as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to take our break. As always, if you want to watch along with us, feel free to pause the episode and come back when you are done. And then we will come back and discuss Homeward Bound and see if it still holds up. Can't wait to let you guys all know when we're back. All right. Be back soon, everyone. I'm going home. We are home. That was fast. Yay! Yay! They made it home! Woo! Welcome back, everyone. Um, <laughs> oh, so wow. That was that, fun. Yeah, that definitely brought back a lot of memories. It was sort of the thing where, because it's been probably close to 20 years since I've watched this, where as things were happening, as scenes were unfolding, I'd be like, oh yeah, this happened. It just immediately is like, there's a space There's a space in my brain that's reserved for this movie and it lives there rent-free, like inflections and music cues, it's just there mm-hmm. constantly. Exactly. So we did end up uh, drinking some, some nice peppermint tea mm-hmm. during I ch- the I viewing. chased that with a kombucha, which was very tasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, generally speaking... We remembered what the plot is about. They sort of, the animals get loose in trying to go back to their owners. I forgot some of the details of like that. What am I trying to say? What are some of the details I forgot? It is a little weird, like how they go about, like how they end up in the situation to begin with. And then the chain of events that must take place for them in order to leave the place. It's like, they're all in service of we need to get the pets out of their places of lodging and go and get on the road and start the journey. Um, And yeah, it's a little, it's just a very interesting, weird set of events of like how it all happens. Yeah, and it's, I, I think I had said that the family goes on vacation. That is not true. It's because um the, the dad who has literally just married the mom of the family has to go to San Francisco for uh for a job. He's a professor, apparently. Um <laughs> Which means that you can take your family and move them into permanent housing where your kids are enrolled in school, but then they end up back at their home from the beginning at the end. So Yeah, for what is implied to be Thanksgiving. I, I really don't know and yeah and uh how the like the reason for why the animals get loose i sort of forgot i mean it makes sense of like the the family has dropped off the pets with i forget the character's name but jean smart oh, uh, yeah kate kate yeah. oh yeah because her kate's ranch yeah <laughs> kate's <laughs> ranch is called kate's ranch and Shadow decides, Shadow for once is the impulsive one of the three and decides to hop the fence and get home to Peter. I must get back to Peter. Exactly. Fuck all, I must get back home. Yeah, but 
you know, there there's a lot of uh, shenanigans and adventures and close calls. Also, they, they find and help rescue a lost child, which that was one of the moments of like, oh, yeah, this happens. It was like, oh, we need something for them to get in human contact so then they can end up back at the pound so the family can find out. And it was like, oh, this makes sense. This might as well happen. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. I forgot that connection of like, I knew that they eventually made it back to some semblance of civilization because I distinctly remembered the scene like at the shelter and of of Chance getting the uh, the porcupine quills that he had in his face taken out. Definitely remembered that, but it was like, wait, how did they get there? Oh, that's right. They run into park rangers who apparently had the flyer that was like, we're, there's lots of weird little inconsistencies in this. Some of the, some of the plot points get a little, a little weird, which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into for sure. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 as I said, I have very fond memories of this movie and it was interesting hearing it now as an adult and you would think like, Okay, so you got three well-known actors to voice your main animals. And on its surface, if you wanted to be cynical, you could be like, oh, well, they're just getting famous people to voice animals, blah, blah, blah. Which sometimes happens, but credit where credit's due, they cast all three so well. They all all balance each other out really well. You can see that, like, probably when they were recording, they all had, like, a really fun chemistry together. And it really just brings you right in. And you're like, you're very invested in, even more invested in these animals. And the voices, the voices bring you in for more as opposed to kind of keeping you outside. But like, look, it's a celebrity voice. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they're not the, doing that. The voice work on the part of our, the, the trio is how I wrote it down in my notes of, of Shadow, Chance, and Sassy. It was all really great. Because, you know, on the surface, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a movie with, like, talking animals. I mean, I was just appreciative, and I know that this is because this was made in the early 90s, and it's like, we aren't going to use CG for this. I'm glad that they didn't try to do the weird thing of, like, trying to make the animals' uh, mouths move uh, as if they're talking. It's just, no, we just need to hear their, I guess, telepathic conversation between um between each other. Yeah, they're just, I mean, it's just, it's just animals talking to each other so i think it's suspension of disbelief is enough to be like right sure yeah i'll I'll buy that (laughs) uh and um i had a thought where did it go oh um i i was curious how much of their dialogue i mean obviously it was scripted and and line and there was dialogue to follow but i do wonder how much how many little moments were improvised or were added after filming of you know oh, the cat, like, tripped in this scene and, like, having to add in a line about that or just a sound effect or... And that's just the shot that was and was they, gotten and was used. So I'm curious what that... Like, what the ratio is of how much of it was scripted and how many moments were um, either improvised or that the dialogue was written once the final shot was selected. I mean, you can definitely see those moments because it is, like, where an animal actor will you know make a mistake and it's like well that wasn't supposed to happen but that's the shot we got and so then it's like well that's you can't have something scripted there because they didn't plan for the dog to run into the tree (laughs) so it was like all right and then i I think i read something about that how like michael j fox and sally field like saw that moment and were like ooh, ooh, okay we can we can have something here yeah and you can tell like they just kind of threw that because it's like what are you gonna do like you can't ignore the fact that it happened yeah. So that must have been fun. You yeah. can see those moments of like, especially, hey, they tripped. Let's, we, can, we can throw something in there. Yeah, especially not when um, <laughs> one of my first notes was like, 
I don't know. Who's the sassiest one? Oh Sassier chance. Like, or it's... Shadow. Shadow's pretty fucking sassy, you too. You mean Shadow throws some shade? Oh, uh, just a little bit. On second chance, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, They're all just a bunch of, like, Sasquatches. Yeah, just the sassiest Sasquatches to ever sass. Also, it's, like, that fun, like, 90s family humor that's, like, all well and good and very, like, innocent. But it has that edge from the 90s, the uh-huh. things that probably you couldn't get away with today. <laughs> Which I which I just love. It's like there's like one where like Shadow's just looking at Chance, like just sort of like shaking his head, like someone ought to have that dog stuffed. Like it was just like this yeah, is, and I laughed so hard. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, it has the. It, it's very funny when it's not being you know just depressing as all fuck. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. And thank God they had that humor, and I was all there for it because like I remembered obviously like moments in this movie being sadder. Um, before we get to the end, obviously, like, you know, that has its own thing. But it was like, I had forgotten about, like, oh, wait, yeah, the animals have to separate from the family at some point. And it was like, oh, they really sit in that. They really let you, like, soak that in. And it's like, hey, look at this child say goodbye to their dog. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no way you don't sit there and kind of go, oh. And we're going to film it where we have the camera in the back of the leaving station wagon. And it's just going to be... Looking at Shadow, who's real sad and very confused, and it's like, oh and, no. And, and that's the added thing. It's like the kid is sad enough that he's leaving, and you just have like Shadow being like, I know you're sad, but I don't know why. And you're like, <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Uh, before we, before I dig through the notes that I took, uh, were there anything, like any big things that stood out good or bad uh we we kind of started going into this anyway um but anything that immediately jumps to mind that Um, you want to talk about well i i I always remember the scene in in the rapids where sassy is swept off of a waterfall and survives somehow suspension of disbelief sure i mean she pulls like a fugitive she goes like right off (laughs) and no harm done they do make a funny nine lives joke about that later yeah um but it's a very like it's been mostly like kind of a happy-go-lucky romp up to that point on the journey like it's pretty much like you know oh they got in a little bit of trouble but they're out of it like nothing ever seems too scary and then this scene happens and it just amp amps things up to like straight up like this is horrifying and then you're meant and then and then you're thinking like well okay they're probably not gonna like the cat is gone but the cat can't be dead probably and you know that the, the cat is probably alive but, but like they man, let they, you sit in the they in, do not let you off easy yeah they let you sit in the what you believe to be fact of sassy's death probably by drowning and, and the, it's like oh god and the thing that once again makes it sadder is and you know credit to specifically credit to Don Amici's voice acting in this is Shadow selling that moment earlier where Peter is leaving him and it's just the, you know, why are you sad? And it's very earnest and that's why you're emotionally invested. And same thing here where it's like he thinks Sassy's dead and it's just watching his grief with that is like, that's where they really get you. It's sad enough and then it's just watching him just take complete responsibility. You're like, and in, in, in a very earnest, honest way. Yeah. And it's just like, you can tell this is someone who's like, yeah, you're voicing a 
you're voicing a dog in this family movie like but he takes it so seriously and he take and he and he does it with such dignity that it's hard not to be invested in that exactly oh the i'm i i, I always remember the music in this and as soon as it started off it's mm-hmm. just like it takes you it, it it took i think it took both of us back to yeah. like being kids because it was just that like oh yeah i know exactly what that music is and it's like that's that's my childhood right there for sure and it's a really, really fantastic soundtrack, and it's Bruce Broughton did it, who, one, one of his most famous scores, I think, was for Tombstone, which is also a great score, but also for The Rescuers Down Under. Hey! Which, when you listen to both, you're like, oh, you can hear, like, you know, which is, you know, another outdoor adventure romp kind of, like, experience. And it's like, oh, yeah, he kind of has that, like, big sort of like sweeping you up in the moment and it's like but it's like it's like you're galloping along with it yeah and it's like it really keeps you up for that oh the rescuers so sweet <laughs> so very sweet but we're not here to that's talk a about discussion the, for another time but we're not here to talk about the rescuers which is a movie that both of us have seen very recently um both yes i'm i'm struggling to think of anything in particular but i know that there's stuff in my notes that i i want to bring up so let if, me dive yeah. into that and then maybe we'll come across stuff yeah this is this is early, early on. I think it's still in kind of the opening set of scenes where they're still at the house. The wedding is ongoing. The the wedding between the, the two, you know, parents of the three kids or, you know, the mom and then their stepdad. Bob, I think is what his name oh, was. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. Homeward Bound is the story of this uh, this poor man who marries into a family but can't get his oldest son's approval but through hell or high water, he'll eventually call him dad. Oh, there's also animals. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the animals are kind of secondary to secondary uh, the uh, the to family drama. I need the between, Bob arc. Between Bob and Peter. Uh, no, it was just, it, you know, Chance and Sassy are being the Sasquatches that they are. And Sassy says, cats don't drink from the toilet. That is That is a lie. As someone who has owned several cats and has looked after many more, that is incorrect. Don't lie, Sassy. It's fine. Just admit it. <laughs> admit uh, that you drink from the toilet. <laughs> that's another fun line in there. Sassy gets a nice, like, you know, oh, what a shame. Too bad you didn't swallow a zipper line. Yeah. Like... Yeah. That's like the, <laughs> one of the first things that we see. Because um, Chance has gotten into somebody's luggage. Like he's digging through a suitcase and he luggage? swallows. Why luggage? And he um, swallows a button and says he's like, too bad it wasn't a zipper. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's the type of of kind of like sharp edged humor that is just littered through this film. Littered. That was unintentional, but sure. It, it is that kind of edge and like dark sense of humor is just everywhere in this movie. And like, I really appreciate it. Would a rolled up newspaper mean anything to you? Yeah, just like, I just, maybe that's, maybe this movie was unknowingly where a lot of my sense of humor developed. It would make sense. I would, I would, I would totally buy that for a dollar. (laughs) Um. I did want to, I did want to say something really quickly, actually reminded me of, speaking of, speaking of Bob and the family and everyone there are human actors, which we'll get into their story more later, but I did want to compliment everyone there for being like, well, you're humans in this story that's mostly about the animals, and that's mm-hmm. really what people came here for. You kind of have the thankless task of trying to provide the plot around that, and given the difficulties and the kind of weird 
things about this plot, which we'll talk about later. Shout out to all the the family actors for doing that. I yeah. um just all all the kids were very were very it felt very real. It was very honest. Like you know, no one was like they they weren't really going for like the the cutesy kid stuff too much. Like maybe with the youngest kid, but he was a little kid. So yeah, it was and like, also okay, like fine. he is just a little objectively adorable. So. Yeah, and and it was like on all, and they just used him a little bit, which was good. But yeah. with like Hope and Peter both like having very clearly defined characters as kids, not just being like. It's a kid in a movie where sometimes they write these kids to be like, you know, kids don't talk like that or kids don't act like that. But these kids all act just like like a kid would. And it's like they don't want to leave their pet. They're very paranoid and trepidatious about that. Like it feels very real. Um, And then uh, Kim Grease's mom, small part, really nice work. Robert Hayes is Bob. Um, Just really solid. Guy's just trying to do his best and just can't really seem to catch yeah. a break. I'm, I guess before we dig into my notes my biggest question that i had which i know is the answer to most of my questions will be because the movie wouldn't happen otherwise is why couldn't they bring the pets with them if they are going to be gone for long enough where the children are enrolled in school in san francisco which is where bob has to go for his uh, you know, job as a professor or, you know, whatever it is. Um, like, why wouldn't you just bring them with you? Well, I think they do set up that in wherever they're living, and they are living in San Francisco, it looks like a relatively small city, of whatever it is. Like, not, it's, I, our neighbors are here. Well, that's the point I was, I was making is that it looks like a relatively small home in the middle of the city, probably too small to keep two large dogs and a cat. Um, I could believe that. And maybe they're setting it up for, because I believe if I'm not mistaken in the sequel, they're in a different house, which is much bigger and the animals are there. So it's like, okay, clearly you moved into a bigger house and you could have a yard for that. It, it seems like wherever they are, it seems kind of small to be having pets. Yeah, I'm just like... Like if it was a temporary I, house, maybe that's why. I guess that makes sense, but I think it makes sense for specifically Chance because he is the troublemaker and is so rambunctious. But like, why not bring the cat with you? Why not bring Shadow with you? And Well, well you can't break them up. That would be, I mean, the kids are going to get really messed up if you're like, you can bring your animal and you can bring yours, but you can't bring yours. Like... That would be. I mean, I get it, but also I'm just like you. You could have, you could have brought the animals, but then again, the movie wouldn't happen. But I think they do a good job of establishing that it's like, yeah, maybe they could, but also I can see why they couldn't. It's not like they're moving into this large house where you're like, oh, come on, there's no reason you don't, you can't have the animals there. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So, also, I do, I do question the fact that. I'm assuming the mother is a stay-at-home mother, judging by um, the scenes that they have at the home, and Bob works as a professor at a college, I think, and they are living in the middle of San Francisco in this very nice home, as well as having a house in this huge two-story house in where, Napa or something like that? No, uh, no, it's not Napa, it's not because Napa. that wouldn't... I. This was during the break and before we started the movie or like right when we started the movie. I, for whatever reason, had it in my head that the family lived in Napa, but that doesn't make sense of why they would then have to move to San Francisco for his job. Like he could just commute from there and it wouldn't make sense. Like, why would you drive inland into the mountains, which is where, you know, the 
the incredible journey I, takes place. And I just what, question how they're able to afford both of these places with a man who works as a professor. Yeah, I and mean, no other form of income. That's my own. Question. There are a lot of plot holes, and uh, the other big question that I had of like. Um, okay, Gene Smart, why are you just leaving these animals out in the yard in this place that they, they've only been here for, you know, a few days, I think, or maybe a week? I kind of get it for leaving the dogs out, and if you think that your neighbor is going to swing by to check on them later that day. But, like, the cat can get anywhere. The cat can go wherever the cat wants to go, you know, as as cats do. Um, it seems like Gene not so smart, if you ask me. <laughs> but again, then the movie wouldn't happen if they had been, you know, kept in the barn or in the house or, or what have you. <laughs> but of course, like, you know, they're there and she leaves a note for the person who's there. And of course, that note gets like, you know, knocked off and disappears. And he comes and sees an old note and is like, oh, they, she took the animals on the cattle drive? That seems odd but okay doesn't question it and of course like she gets back and it's like well how are they and it's like what what do you mean i thought that they were with you which doesn't really serve any purpose apart from giving our animal trio a insurmountable head start for the humans who are like oh fuck <laughs> and and to to which then she does call our favorite park ranger who straight up is like nah they're probably not alive yeah which is probably followed by, we don't see this, but probably the most awkward, terrible phone call you'll ever have to make to your friend being like, you know those three pets that belong to your kids that you gave me to look after? Mm -hmm. And it's been, what, like a week and a half, two weeks maybe? Yeah. Yeah, they're they, gone. Yeah, they ran away. Oh, one ran away? Um, no, All three ran away? All of them are gone. They're, all of them are gone. They're all gone into the, into the wilderness? Mm-hmm. Sorry? Also, sidebar... Our upstairs neighbors, we are pretty sure are elephants. Their footfalls are so heavy, so you may hear some stomping that does not uh, match up with the lovely conversation that we're having. Um, Even those we all know, elephants don't pay rent. Anyway, just in case you hear weird thudding sounds, it's our upstairs neighbors just being the loudest but they I, th I think we did hit upon some of the weird plot things of it's like they need to set up that the fact that the animals have to escape it's just done in a very like i, I guess sure oh but they're out now okay good it's a little weird mm -hmm. getting to that point yeah it's from from the perspective of shadow chance and sassy like their desire to leave makes sense it's just the the choices of the humans that I'm like, you are an irresponsible pet owner. <laughs> and that's just before they get to the pound, which is just run by like the most incompetent park rangers and staff that you've ever met. I yeah. mean, my God, they get there for no longer than like five minutes. Yeah, they get there long enough to get the porcupine quills out of Chance's face and that's it. <laughs> So, yeah, the humans, uh, for the most part, are not good at their jobs in this. Either they are straight up, like, your animals are going to die, or, oh, sorry, we got your pets, and we called you to drive all the way up here to come get them. Mm -hmm. uh, guess what? There, they're gone. Yeah. Um, I know, it's our job to keep your animals here. We had one job to do, and we couldn't do that. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We know this really sucks. Uh, uh, to to backtrack a bit and again just 
kind of weird plot things, but again, they needed to get things going and kick things off um, and introduce a lot of stuff in a in not a lot of, of time. It's a very um, short movie. Too. Yeah, it's about an hour and it's less than an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to figure out what the timing was. The family leaves their home on the day of the wedding. And we know this because Chance barfs up the entire wedding cake that he ate and then immediately the family like gets in the car and i'm like you couldn't even wait it you couldn't have waited a day like this is so strange it pulls into all the questions of our man bob here um our bob who has come to the house of the woman he's going to marry and has married her in the backyard with her three children and that day is like all right we're going I gotta get to San Francisco from my job, so uh, it's all very odd. Of, uh, yeah, and they leave, how this and, is going. and like the decorations are still up. Like you can see the balloon arch that's still in the backyard. I mean, maybe they hired somebody to ta- also take it down, but then you're gonna let how them. How can they afford all of this on a professor's salary <sighs> and live in the Bay Area? I don't in know. In San Francisco, of all places. I don't know, man. It doesn't I don't make know. any sense. It's I don't like know. It, it's it's like the New York apartment theory, where you're like, how can you live in this apartment? this size in new york and you work as a waiter get mm-hmm. the fuck out yeah because we all know professors are paid very handsome <laughs> uh apparently chance shadow and sassy are the only animals in this universe who can speak at least it is consistent um uh, where they never introduce like one wild animal that is like mm-hmm. hey bye or like, what are you doing out here? But I'm just, I'm curious as to the logic behind that. Maybe it was just like, we can't afford more voice actors. The thing that I thought, and I, and I was wondering that too, my only theory is that they wanted to stick to the domesticated animals, that being like the dogs and the cat can speak to one another. But if it's a wild animal that's out in the wilderness, they can't speak to that because it's a, it's a wild undomesticated animal. And yes. I think, I think that also... It worked that they didn't because it made the the danger of the wilderness seem much more palpable. Mm-hmm. That you would have like a real growl or a real like, you know, sound from an animal that was much more ominous than I think it would have been a little silly if they had like been out and then this giant terrifying looking Kodiak bear comes out of like the woods and all of a sudden goes like, excuse me mm-hmm. get away from me like it would it would be a little silly yeah and also, all the threat would be gone and also on the flip side of like i mean obviously our trio of animal heroes are are in the wilderness on their own for what's probably weeks maybe months and they have to hunt to you know eat and it's less funny if the rabbit that they're chasing is like please don't kill me i mean that would actually be pretty funny oh god go away go away yeah i you know as as much of an edge as there is to a lot of the humor in this they i don't think they were willing to go that far because also it's a disney film and it would also yeah and i'm just imagining all the moments where like they would have had a voice actor and it would have just been like I'm thinking like the mountain lion scene, which is a great stalking of like, you know, the mountain lion finds them and chases them down and they trick it and all that. 
but it like it has like real terror and menace to it like you are like oh this is a real thing like this like this could go badly and i feel any terror and menace would be gone if it just that the mountain lion came over the hill and was like oh yes domesticated dogs like, it would just be like ah, come on yeah no i i agree that it was a, a good choice to have those three be the only animals who we can hear speak i'm just curious as to what the uh the rationale was oh they also with that mountain lion i wanted to bring up the um <laughs> they well, they managed to fool the mountain lion with chekhov's uh seesaw that they established at the beginning, and then they bring back here for that purpose, I guess. And, you know, obviously you can't have our heroes killing any of the animals. That would be in poor taste. So they they flipped the mountain lion off of the side of a mountain into a lake. And it's, it's a far back shot. It's obviously, like, a dummy or a fake thing that they're flying through the air. But it's just from ups, from this incredible height, much like Sassy falling off of that waterfall where I'm like, you're flipping through the air and hitting your back and your neck on the water like that. Like, you're dead. No, that's not, oh, he hit the water and he got wet and he swam away. It's like, no, that, that cat's dead. It was, it was very, um, it, it reminded me of a scene from Benji the Hunted. Uh, just, I don't, I don't know if you've ever I, seen that. No, I've it's, never seen any Benji movie. It was like, I mean, it's, this is one where he's in the wilderness. He gets stranded out there and there's like a, I think like a mountain lion mother that gets shot. And so he kind of becomes like the de facto uh, caretaker for like the, the kittens, I guess, or like the, like the, like the little ones. And then there's like a wolf that's like pursuing them. And so he's like trying to like outrun the wolf and try to fool the wolf and keep him away from the babies. And he at one point tricks the wolf into running into a bush full speed, which hides the edge of a cliff. And it's, this movie's also from like the 80s, I think. And I don't, they, there's no way they could have thrown a wolf off the side of a cliff, but it looks pretty damning because this wolf <laughs> just goes flying over and is like, oh, and it's like this long fall. And you're like, oh, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't know if that was strictly legal what you guys did. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, if the, what was it? The Humane Society? There was the, like a, a title card at, at the end during the credits of Homeward Bound of like, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. The American Humane Society or whatever group it was oversaw the well-being of the animals, blah, 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 blah. We didn't abuse our animal actors. Please and thank you. And it is really cleverly shot in this too, where it is like, it's, it looks so seamless with the sound and the way they shoot it and they cut it together where, you know, they're using, they're using fakes, they're using, I, I think I looked it up, they're using like mechanical animals in certain scenes, and just doing it very, in a way where you can't really see the strings all that often, which is impressive, it yeah, really does. there's a lot of cinematic sleight of hand. It tricks your mind into thinking that I'm seeing a cat getting like rushed down a river, even though you're like, the logic party is like, well, no, of course not, like, yeah. like, there's no way that could happen. But they do a very effective job at making you really think that, which even as an adult where you're looking for the strings and you're like, oh, okay, I can see what you did there. It's like, it's, it's very powerful. Also for the, for the ending with our, uh, our hero shadows collapse into a, into a mud pit. Yeah. Which I did look up how they did that. And it's like, it looks way too real. And it wasn't, but it like, you do get tricked into thinking like, holy shit, they just threw a dog into a pit and, like, wood fell on him. It's like, no. Yeah, no, we're not gonna... They didn't do that. We aren't gonna have this elderly dog fall into a pit. (laughs) Only for story reasons, not in real life. He was going home, and then he went home into the pit. Oh boy, does he like to talk about, I'm going home. Home? Is home this way? Peter! (laughs) Peter, Peter, get fucked, where's Peter? (laughs) 
basically, is, is Shadow's MO. Yeah, um, also, just when, like, when, when, in moments where Chance and Sassy are just like, hey, no, I don't know if I want to do this. And he's like, okay. And he just starts I'm leaving. Going. And it's like, wait, what? I told you I'm going home. Like, he's just like an old man. He's like, I told you what I'm doing. I'm going home. Yeah. Get that um, out of my way. Yeah. Shadow's two favorite words are Peter and home in that order. <laughs> and home is just over that mountain. Home's just over these tracks. Mm-hmm. Home's. I, and I, I do love the animal logic in this is really is really endearing of just like it's a mountain like oh yeah we just go up and over and it's on the other side of course it is yeah why wouldn't it be it's just it's that way <laughs> we'll be there before dark it's fine or you know like escaping from the pound because they are genuinely terrified of like who are these people we don't know what they're doing here and you can see these people are all just trying to help mm-hmm. and they're just like of course straight up like no, 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 no. Gotta go. Gotta get out of here now. Yeah, um, I do want to bring up the, the pound scene and, and Chance's obvious and and understandable aversion to the pound Jeez. because he, he was a, a, a pound dog who got rescued. Talk about traumatized. Um, yeah, but um, I'm just going in order of my notes and therefore it is chronological. Um, Going back to Sassy going over the waterfall, like as, talk about traumatizing of just like, Watching it, you know, as an adult, I mean, I'm sure it was upsetting when I was younger, but like, yeah, the the danger is very real. And it's like, oh, shit, this little cat, this tiny little cat just went over probably a 20 foot waterfall. Um, And it it was just I, I felt afraid for sassy the sheer pressure of that water falling would like snap her in two i feel yeah she's it's... just this tiny tiny little cat but jumping ahead to when um there's this like i don't know when we meet this sort of wilderness santa um this is the old man who lives in a cabin in the woods uh who is bird watching he's like tracking I think it's a bald eagle. I don't know if he's a scientist or a ranger or what have you, but he's there and he finds, he looks down and sees what he thinks is the body of a dead cat and his first instinct is to pick it up. He doesn't wait until he realizes that Sassy is still alive and she like meows or something or like moves. But it's like, why are you picking up and cradling this, what you believe to be a cat carcass? <laughs> like, well, granted, I think, I believe this guy is just this like old hermit who lives in his cabin out in the woods by himself. I feel he's just, I don't know how long he's been out there, but I'm sure he probably handles dead carcasses on a daily basis. Yeah, it's just and like. just doesn't even think about it. Yeah. It's all why he lives out there, because they won't let him handle dead carcasses in the humane world. Yeah, it was just like, wait, you are surprised that the cat is not dead and the cat is already in your arms. I'm like, I just, I question. He was probably going to take it back for dinner that night. And I was like, oh, wait. Oh, she's alive. Never mind. I will nurse you back to health. Yep. He's kind of like Ben Kenobi is the best way I can describe (laughs) it. He's just like a little like, hello there, sort of hermit. And just... It that whole thing of I mean you mentioned it earlier of of shadow sitting in the loss and the grief of sassy and chance as well but particularly shadow because chance is newer to the family and just like this is fucking depressing and there are so these animals are already dealing with so many abandonment <laughs> issues of just they think they've been left by their family they think something is wrong with them. Chance already has come into this with a whole heap of emotional baggage because he was abandoned as a young dog. And and then um, Kate, the person who's supposed to be watching them, leaves. 
and they don't know why. And so it's just they've they've been abandoned or think they have by pretty much everyone in their lives. And then they think one of their friends has died. <laughs> and it's it, just and it like, also, this is so sad. And it leads to within that moment of Shadow sitting in the grief for Sassy, it leads to him kind of having this little aside the chance of it's just like you know like it's our job and it's your job too and it's our like we're man's best friend for a reason and it's like you can imagine reading this dialogue on paper and being like this sounds a little cornball this is a little heavy on like the on like you know like we we must be dogs we must love our owners kind of thing but it's once again going back to that it's delivered with such sincerity yeah that you're just like you you, you totally buy it you totally believe it mm-hmm. that he would just be having this moment of like that's our job and you're like wow it really is. It's it, it's very sweet. You, I think, mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like the whole joke about Sassy's nine lives or whatever, because she <laughs> says like this is when she comes to in um bird watch Santa um in his little cabin, uh, and know. it's like was that my fourth life, my fifth life? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it was my fourth, and I'm just how. How many near-death experiences has has this cat had? Also, I think for that that particular one, I think that's a few lives. Yeah, like yeah, you gotta you gotta clock that one up for there. You survived the fall, and you survived not drowning. Like <laughs> all she has to do is steer clear of the river; mm-hmm. she'll be fine. In addition to jokes, this film is full of pop culture references. That oh, the old man also has a purple beanie. If any of you happen to find that, send it my way. Yes. <laughs> A, a nice knit purple beanie, um, but lots of um, pop culture references and uh, very intelligent uh, animals with a pretty impressive vocabulary. Though I know this was done for a joke of like, Chance, you're a genius. No, I'm not. Wait, what's a genius? And I'm just like, so you know what the word roughage means, but you don't know what the word genius means? Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna do this for the joke. It doesn't exactly scam. Yeah, yeah. Their vocabulary, while extensive, um, also has some plots. Dog vocabulary where they just pick up on words, and you know, like they'll know certain ones and not others. I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, or it's like things that that matter to them because Chance is always obsessed with food. Aren't we all? Uh, And has established early on that. He does not want anything uh, green. He does not want anything vegetable or fruit. He just wants meat, which, you know, dogs are um, ca- uh, dogs carnivores. Dog. So, yeah, that, that that tracks. But he's just like, I don't want that roughage. <laughs> like, that's a good, that's that's a good uh, word choice. And the references, like, I I, I was kind of laughing at them. Are they a little, are some of them a little dated? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see this is from the early 90s yeah. in some ways. Um. I, I don't particularly think that's a negative. I will say that it's like, you know, a line like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, oh, okay. <laughs> In okay. reference to the mountain lion. Uh, it's that like, is well, someone was them. famous at this time. Yeah. I and mean, I guess he's still famous now, but like. It's... But this, this would have been like post Terminator 2. Yeah. Like Total Recall. It was exactly. like, oh, yeah. Like he at was the like... peak of um, his kind of action career. Or even like making a Ren 10 10 reference, which would have been old even by 90s standards, which I think <laughs> is funny. It's like, wow, the kids will totally get the Ren 10 10 joke. I'm like, maybe their parents will. Because Ren 10 10 was old even when this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The 50s or the 60s. Like, it was like, 
your parents might remember might remember that. I mean, maybe it was just on re I don't know. I mean, it's cute. It's a, it's a cute reference, but it is like, oh, yeah, you know, kids, Rin 1010. Mm-hmm. I don't think these 90s kids have any idea who Rin 1010 is. No, I definitely didn't when I watched this as and a child. You can't smell it, can you? The wisdom of shadow. <laughs> I wrote that. That's one of my notes. Uh, I forget what it's in. Oh, yeah. No, it is in mm-hmm. reference to that of like, have you ever watched TV? No, it's not real. You can't smell it, can you? Which, I mean, if if that is going to be your parameter, which again makes sense for a dog of like, if you can't smell what it is, then it's not real. It is a fiction. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a solid uh, test of what is reality and what is not. I'd buy it. Yeah. Oh, in the, um, during the whole mountain lion sequence where Chekhov's seesaw comes into play, why was Shadow the old man dog the bait. Why was Shadow the one who had to outrun the hungry, hungry mountain lion? Maybe he thought that Chance would, when Chance does almost mess it all up later when he gets distracted. By a butterfly. And it's almost like if you get distracted as the bait, like you're dead. And then we're all screwed. Yeah, but he would be less inclined to be distracted if he had a mountain lion on his tail. And just like Maybe Shadow was secretly the faster. I don't know. I feel like I mean, Chance they, just they, has they, so much raw, unbridled energy that they very cleverly slow that mountain lion running down <laughs> slightly to make to make us believe that they are running roughly about the same speed. Because I think we can agree as fast as a dog might be. Now I don't have the science behind this. I'm sure someone will get at me for this, but I don't believe even a very fast domesticated dog can outrun a mountain lion in the wild. I yeah, certainly. I doubt that. Yeah, and particularly in the mountain lion's natural habitat where it is rocky, like they're running down hills, they're sliding in the dirt, like clambering over rocks. And that and that and that cat is just all pure muscle. I mean, yeah. it is it, it's a great shot of watching it run because you're like that is a that is a killing machine. That thing is engineered to run and kill, and mm-hmm. you can tell. It's like the muscles are just carrying it. I'm like, "Oh, you dead. You all so dead." <laughs> Sorry, this is completely uh off topic but the idea of slowing down the mountain lion if in fact that's what happened reminds me of the one time i've seen um this is the original texas chainsaw massacre Ah. and at the end when you know the the young woman who is spoiler alert the lone survivor of the texas chainsaw massacre is running away from what is it leatherface leatherface yeah um It's like, talk about a horror movie so bad it's funny. He was too fat. Like, the actor with the chainsaw, the the actor playing Leatherface, was too fast. Like, he kept... If he was full-on sprinting, he would have caught up to the actress. So he just, like, will occasionally stop and, like, swing the chainsaw around, but not at anything or anyone. (laughs) Because they needed to let her get away it's like actors in a sword fight waving the swords around in the air and nothing and it's like what are you doing yeah it's just that i just was reminded of that god it's so funny um anyway there are there are no chainsaw maniacs in homeward bound i don't believe we don't know about the old man he might have been yeah he he is kind to cats but Um, cats that are alive cats that are alive Ooh. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, we don't know. Um, there are probably some weirdos. Or Bob. On. What's he really doing? 
We now know. What's your <laughs> um, deal, Bob? Is your professor job just a cover for your um, murderous and cannibalistic tendencies? Professor? <laughs> oh, we, we talked about how they find um, a little girl. And it's just like, of course, it's just... it. It's just a sequence of events that happen to them. It's like each scene is like a different chapter. Like if this were a book, it's like, okay, here's the bear scene. Here's the river scene. Here's the mountain lion scene. Here's, oh, they find a little girl who's lost in the woods. And, and it's never explained. It's, it's based on a book, isn't it? Is it? I think I think oh. I saw that it was. Maybe. I mean, that would make sense. It, it, kinda, has, it has that it, quality It feels it. like that where it's like they get past one particular danger and it's like, okay, that chapter is done. On to the next one. It, it did have that feel. It's never explained why this little girl... Molly is her name, is just out in the wilderness. Not that we need an answer, but it's just, apart from humans need to find them. Oh, wait, that's what I, I wanted to um, it bring up. It does pretty valid. It's, you know, families in the woods, the kid gets separated. Like, okay, I'll yeah, buy it. But I, so I need to backtrack a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, during all of the wilderness adventures that our animal trio is going through, Bob, after a fight with peter about you're not, my not dad. i mean basically um these 90s stepdad things this was a real thing yeah but um peter has gotten angry with bob because bob is i mean to be fair is trying to give realistic expectations to this group of children who are now his and peter's like no we have to do something and i mean fair so then bob makes flyers you know lost pet flyers saying that have you seen it they're in san francisco when the park rangers and the search party find molly and our trio one of the rangers is like hey these are the animals from that um lost and found flyer oh my god what a coincidence and i'm like where how did you get one of those well I, w- I would think that he probably sent them all up to like a bunch of like ranger stations in the area if it was like I hey guess. they're probably going to be running around your area keep an eye out so i can and i think he says like i'm like make make a hundred copies of this so he's he sent out a bunch of them i guess that's true i was just when sometimes when, it works sometimes it doesn't I, but it's yeah worth a shot. i guess that makes sense um I was just thinking, because, like, they're obviously in San Francisco, and I was like, are you putting these flyers up in San Francisco? Your animals are not there. Like, what I, are you no, doing? No, I don't. I don't think they were. Okay. That would be, okay. that would be that, great. Have you seen my dog? They're okay. not here. That, that makes a lot more sense. I was just so confused. Like, what, you made flyers to put up in a city where you don't permanently live and Bob's having a hard time. Bob is Bob is trying. Bob's Bob, doing his best. Bob is trying real, real hard. Bob seems like a good guy by all um, accounts. He really does seem like he's he's doing his best. Oh, um, on the '90s stepdad ladder <laughs> of good stepdads and bad stepdads, Bob's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. Um. In uh, in that same like Molly sequence, that particular chapter of the film, Shadow goes to they find. They have found Molly and they hear people shouting for her, calling her name in the distance. So Shadow is like, oh, I think they're all very smart animals. He puts two and two together that it's the search party for this little girl. So he goes and runs <laughs> um, to go <laughs> to go find them. And he starts barking to get their attention. And I think it's uh, Molly's dad yeah. turns around and is like, what is it, old fella? <laughs> I'm like, Timmy fell down the well. 
Okay, what is boy? Year, exactly. It had a, what happened? Where it, is he? It very much had like old school Lassie vibes of like, and, and you could see they were probably trying to play that down as much as possible to not make it like to not make this more dramatic moment. Just everyone would start laughing if he if he like turned and been like, "What is it, boy?" So it was like, now remember when you say, "What is it, old fella?" You can't get too excited about it. You gotta say it really understand. Like otherwise, if you say it too excited, everyone's gonna start laughing and the drama will be dead. I wonder if that was on purpose. Like, what is it, boy? I wonder if it was like an intentional nod to like that type of scene. I, I can imagine, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> What is it, old fella? Also, Sassy is as big as Molly, which is adorable. Yeah, Sassy is is like almost the size of this little girl, and she goes to like keep her warm and lays on top of her, and it's like you're basically a full body blanket. (laughs) But all of these all, all of these events happen to get our heroes to the pound. Oof. Oh boy. Uh do you want to take this? I mean what, it's just how do we, how do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I they establish early on that chance has been in the pound and for again obvious reasons really does not want to go back. And they have been collected by these park rangers. They're taken to the pound, uh partly to keep them someplace so that the family can come and get them and also like chance has porcupine quills in his face uh and that needs to be removed but they get there and they muzzle shadow for some reason and they they start taking chance into the back of the pound to i mean obviously provide him the medical attention that he needs but chance is freaking out because they're taking him to the back room and in his experience dogs who go to the back room don't come out again and it's just like oh it's one of those things that like as a little kid i didn't they just they never go into that in any specific detail of like explaining really like the horrors of or what can be horrors in kill shelters. But uh, it, it was just like, oh, that's dark. Yeah, like, Chance thinks he's going to die. When you're like, a kid, you're just like, oh, he's confused. He doesn't want to be there. You're not really thinking about it. Yeah, but yeah he's looking scared at it this because time, he doesn't like, know what's oh, going on. He and... straight up thinks he's getting taken to get executed. Mm-hmm, yeah, and it was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, good God. Um, and, and then, you know, Chance is getting the, the porcupine quills taken out of his face shadow is in one of the kennels uh and sassy stages this um this escape for for her two boys all set to the music of mission impossible exactly which is a you know it's a funny scene but sassy continually makes jokes (laughs) at the expense of this uh um this like park ranger or someone who works there who is fat he is a fat man and like all of the jokes are like about how fat he is and after a while i'm just like cut it, it out it, sassy it, it like to don't a point yeah it was I, and and that and that's where you can really sense the 90s again too because yeah, it was it, just like the time of like hey fat joke fat joke fat joke yeah, like, one like, right after the other and it's like okay oh this God. is let's that that that's enough that's enough enough with the fat jokes it's not, not funny anymore <laughs> like it just oh god yeah, it's like just don't don't make fun of people for how they look. Even if you're a cat. Even if you're a cat. Anyway, I was just oh, like that, well, that was also, like the for all of the kind of like dark and twisted humor in it, I was like, 
that was the thing that took me out of it. That, it was like, come on, that's the come same. on, sassy. It, it doesn't really age well, and it's also like it's also just for like all of the jokes that they make that are very clever. Like even the like, especially the darker ones. Mm-hmm. But like they're all very witty. They're all very clever, and it's like, and, and we got a lot of like belly laughs out of some of those lines. And then it's like for this one, it was just like, hey, we're just gonna keep saying he's fat, and it's like that's the most original thing you guys can come up with, like. You've had witty dialogue before. Did you just get lazy here? And we're like, we're just going to keep making fun of this guy because he's fat. And it's like, eh, really? That's the most original thing you can come up with? Yeah. That seems a bit like, yeah, we could do better. Of course, that's also the scene where she goes to free Shadow in the kennel and is walking by all of these dogs who are catcalling her so they can get the catcalling joke. And they're like, it's just the weirdest thing of just all of these, like in this family film about, you know, like, going to find your pets and all of a sudden all these dogs going oh hey baby shake that tail it's like wait what the hell what movie did i just walk into yeah also just the idea of like dogs catcalling is a very (laughs) interesting like the lines to write i can imagine just like nice whiskers baby it's like (laughs) the actors who had to do those lines must have just been like what the hell am i whatever that loop group was (laughs) shake that tail baby (laughs) yeah and of course the they make their daring escape for, you know, the third time, the second time. They escape from captivity again, just in time to miss their family, who are so ecstatic that their animals have not only been found, but found alive. And, like, just just laying in again just the, the truly depressing undertone of this film of just, oh, we were so close. We almost got the back and then Peter walking off into the woods and being like, Shadow. And it's just really sad. <laughs> and Bob just can't catch a break. No. Like, he's there and the guy's just like, I am sorry. Like, I was expecting Bob to just deck this park ranger. Yeah. I'm like, you had one job to do. And now I get to go explain to these kids who are still accepting me as their father figure in their life that, hey, remember when I said your pets were here? They're not. Yeah. Poor Bob. Just I can't know. catch a break. I mean, it's orchestrated to be this way, but just the worst timing. It's just, as a viewer, those types of things are really frustrating to watch. I understand why they're there and they're effective at manipulating your emotions, but I'm just like, no. Stop that. No. And speaking of that, um, to jump ahead a little bit, when we get through, everyone's gone through their hardship and they're almost there. And our old man Shadow falls into a muddy pit. Yeah. And is assuming, is assumingly either sprained or broken his leg and is trying to get out of the pit, is unable to do it. And this dog, who the entire movie has been like, I have to keep going forward. We got to keep doing this. We have a thing to do. Da, 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 da. Just at one point in this kid's movie, and it probably for kids, it's the earliest, like, sort of traumatizing moment they can think of. Where I it's mean, like that is the, watching... the scene that I remembered most clearly. And, and and I think the reason why we do is because this is our, this is the one character who seemingly has, just can't be shaken. Is just constantly, like, he's going home, he's doing his thing. And then you get to watch this character literally lie down in the mud and to go, die. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll die. And it's like... Whoa, I did not expect that. Yeah, it's it's such a quick turn from we're almost home, we're almost there. I'm so excited. I've been the driving force this entire movie and then, well, guess I'll die. And I, it's it's And it's once again it's something It's emotional that... manipulation at its 
finest. And and with a flip like that, it could easily read as humorous if you're like, that's a weird abrupt character change and it wouldn't have had the same power behind it. Once again, going back to, if not for the voice acting of this scene, for for all three of them, mm-hmm. especially for Don Amici and Michael J. Fox having this really great moment together where you can see they're really like acting out of their shoes on this. Like they're they're treating it like they're doing like Shakespeare. And it's very dramatic. And you're like, if you guys weren't owning this completely, this would just come off as really silly and kind of dumb. Yeah. And it's that whole scene is really to serve Chance's arc because we mm-hmm. didn't talk. We haven't mentioned this yet, but Chance is the narrator of nice. the entire movie. And it's from his perspective, like the movie is being narrated from a perspective past the events of the film. Like he is thinking back on it in hindsight in a lot of ways. But we don't um, know if he's dead or not. So. Um, and Chance has that flip of he's been the like, he was, you know, the street dog and he's tough and he doesn't need anybody. And I'm an independent, I'm a strong independent dog and I don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you going to go? You're going to do this. I wasn't intending to, but I had started that sentence and I was like, I have to finish this. Um, (laughs) He is a strong, independent dog. And his whole thing is like coming to love both Shadow and Sassy and acknowledging his place as man's best friend. And that whole scene is to give him that emotional... kind of the emotional climax i would say of chance's journey uh and his story of being like wait no shadow i love you and i know i called you a chump before probably to your face (laughs) shadow is faithful shadow was a chump And so it's watching it now as an adult. I'm like, I see what you're doing and I don't like this. I hate this mud pit is so traumatizing. There's a lot of trauma in this movie. There's a lot of uh, scarring moments in this film. And it just watching it now, I'm like, I don't like, I mean, I not that it's a fun scene to watch, but it's even less fun knowing what it serves that it's like it's deliberately and manipulatively like pulling on our heartstrings and it works because it's a sad old dog who wants to get home and he can't and and then he just decides to settle down and go i guess it's my time i'll just die and it's like this is very sudden okay yeah but that that scene in the mud pit in the train yard it was like that is that and the ending of the animals finally coming home and spoiler alert shadow makes it home just fine um and also gets a bath on the way they all get magically clean and chance's face heals yeah Uh, um you know granted which um you know sure why not sure why not uh but yeah that scene in particular like once it got to that moment i was like yep i remember this so clearly and you're just there going (laughs) like it's like there's no way you can't feel emotionally invested Mm -hmm. exactly although i i i thought i mean and they and they do keep you waiting they do pull the whole like oh chance shows up and then sassy shows up and then nothing and you're like and of course poor bob (laughs) puts his foot in his mouth is like oh family's all back together huh and there's no shadow yet. And of course, Peter is standing there looking. Just waiting. Just completely horrified. And it's like, oh, or And not. acknowledging the reality that it was like, he was too old and it was too far. And, and you're it... like, oh, well, will they? And then, of course, you see him just limping over the ridge with on like one good foot. And you're just, and then they just get the music to go, they just creep in. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, he's alive. And um, 
I was half expecting Chance to be like assisting Shadow over the ridge. Yeah, I that was a detail that I I think I forgot. I don't know what I thought happened because I I remembered obviously the the Shadow falling into the mud pit, and then I remembered uh, obviously the return home and first Chance comes running up to the family, then it's sassy, and then after a very long pause, Shadow returns as well. And watching this, I was like, wait, did. <laughs> Did Chance and Sassy just leave Shadow? That seems wildly out of character for both of them. But realizing that what we don't see is they probably got Shadow out of the mud pit and then Shadow was just being slow because his poor little foot was hurt. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, and it's like another alternate you could have is like they're running up and waiting for Shadow and then Chance just like goes up and drops his like collar for him right there. But that'd be too sad. They can't do that. Yeah, that's um. I'm just like I brought this back for you. I'm so sorry. We couldn't bring the body. That's a, We're so sorry. That's this a, is that, all. That's a little much. This is all you have left to bury. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then Chance nuzzles up to Peter and says, "But it's okay. I'll take care of you." <laughs> that's a very different movie i know i know i'm sorry i'm just giving you alternate endings so if you're listening out there you can go <laughs> but no it's okay because shadow's all right mm-hmm. and he comes back and he's fine and everything's good yeah everything's fine they everyone makes it home to have the thanksgiving turkey we've reached the end of my notes and the end of the movie uh, yeah i uh i can't really think of i think we've hit on on just about yeah, ever, everything it is a a very simple story it's about a group of animals who want to get home to their family. It has one job to do, and it does it very well. Albeit with some weird plot things aside, um, it, it it does hold up, I think. What would be your your final grade? My final non-nostalgic grade. Nostalgic. Nostalgic grade. Um, so we both, we both gave it an A at the top of this episode. Do you know off the top of your head? I may need to think about this. (laughs) Well, um, I will say that my non-nostalgia grade, uh, looking at it overall and, uh, and kind of what we said before, a very simple film, very straightforward, isn't trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, so... Uh, so on that on that note, it does work very well. Um, some weird plot stuff aside that is a little confusing and doesn't really get pulled together um, necessarily, but supported by um, by very strong performances across the board from the humans as well as uh, and specifically for the three animal actors all doing really terrific work that I think help elevate this movie into something far more than it than it should have been with some really clever jokes and very clever dialogue for the most part few things yeah don't don't really land but overall i would say 95 percent of the jokes do work they did make me laugh and i really got, i really got a belly laugh out of some of them so taking all that into effect my final grade uh i started at an a i am think i might just drop it down to an a minus the minus just for some of the plot weirdness and just some of the dated humor that didn't really land, but enough of the humor works. The performances are great, and it's hard not to feel swept up in the emotional investment of it, manipulation or not. It's done very well, but it, but I, but I will drop it to a, but I can't drop it down into the B's, so it will be an A minus for me. I think I am going to drop it into the B's, but a B plus because watching it with fresh eyes and and aware of story structure and how you people's heartstrings not that that was difficult to do it's you know animals 
facing impossible odds and dangerous circumstances. I think that those kinds of the 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 plot holes that we talked about, um, the emotional manipulation in certain moments, I think that that is mostly why it drops down um, for me, but kind of for the same reasons that you mentioned of like really great performances from both the animal voice and human cast <laughs> um, uh, and it's still really great as simple as it is that simple story is done very well so yeah a b plus for me thank you homeward bound the incredible journey for taking us back to what it was like to be children again and just watching a movie about cute animals they are so cute and only partially understanding just the uh horrific events that they're forced to endure sorry i I just remembered one of sassy's jokes that went over my head when i was a kid i'm not into leather (laughs) nice work slipping that in there now i was like did they just there are so many like very and that's probably the most adult yeah there's not a whole lot like that but there's so many jokes that are aimed at adults that mm. I mean I don't think I remembered or understood most of them as a kid apart from it was like it's like you're dumb no you're dumb like that mm. the equivalent of those types of jokes that that I understood it as as a young child but like it's and they are just nonstop it is just a you know barrage of one-liners and asides and and trying to one-up each other (laughs) and uh yeah also good shout out for using the actual moose sound at at night because i don't know how many of you have ever heard a moose the sound is horrifying it is it's like out of a horror movie uh and they use it to good effect it is like a little like unnerving hearing a moose at night but i appreciate that I don't know that I've ever heard a moose. I have seen a moose in person. I mean, they're very cool. Like, and they're huge. And they're huge. And I'm like, hey, I'm all for moose. Go moose. But like, I heard, I went, when I heard a moose cry for the first time or like make their sound, I was like, that is not of this world. That I don't know what that stuff is. Stuff that nightmares are made of. It's like a weird, like high pitched, like squeal. Ugh. It's, I'll play it for you later. All right. So A minus for you. A minus for me. B plus for me. B so still very close. A slight drop down for the reasons we have just discussed um you're definitely the harsher grader i've seen on these movies so far (laughs) i mean so far i guess (laughs) i'm just i'm just extra nice i don't know all right folks thanks so much for listening yeah Uh, we hope that if you watched along um thanks for watching with us if you don't watch along and have just been listening to us doofuses um recount the plot of all of these movies uh thank you as well i hope that if you will (laughs) doofy doofuses doofusay doofus squared doofuses uh thank you for tuning in uh glad to be your um very roundabout plot summary for these movies that may or may not be from your childhood as well but we hope you enjoyed our dissertations and conversations about them as much as you enjoyed the movie hopefully uh so we will be back next time yes and stay tuned for that because that's going to be very exciting. I did actually look at the list before recording and was like, oh, that's next on what oh, we've got planned. Oh, boy. Oh, that's going to be... I'm I'm very excited to revisit that. We could give you a hint of what it is, but we won't. Yeah, you'll have to tune in next time. It's going to be a fun one. You yes. don't want to miss it. And I, I will say a very different movie from the one we just watched. Yes, very different. 
Um, once again, I am Nicole Knutson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nicole Knutson 16. And I'm James Ferrero. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the real J Ferrero. That's real with two E's. Talk to us, chat with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to share your thoughts about any of these films with us, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? We'd love to know. All right, folks, have a good night or morning or whenever it is that you're listening to this. It's night for us. So have a good night. Have a good night, stay safe, and we will see you next week. And until then, what what a a movie. movie!